0: back to 1A, a podcast from First Presbyterian Church of Columbia, South Carolina. 1A is designed to take a brief but in-depth look at counseling issues from a pastoral perspective. Reverend Squires is the pastor of counseling here at First Presbyterian Church, and I'm Josh Adair, the intern for biblical counseling. Today's episode marks the fifth in our series discussing suicide, and today we'll continue discussing how we can help our caretakers by talking through four questions that caretakers can use to help in intervening in the life of a loved one who's struggling with a suicidal episode. These are four diagnostic questions that should help us as we seek to care for those we love who are in the midst of this battle. If you have any comments about our show or a question about something you hear on this episode, please don't hesitate to contact us. You can find all of our contact info on our website at firstpresscolumbia.org. If you'd like to stay aware of new episodes, you can download our app by searching for First Presbyterian Church of Columbia SC in the app store of your choice. Let's get to the conversation. Well, welcome back to our listeners. We left off last time discussing two myths that that caretakers who are in the middle of caring for a loved one in this battle with suicidal ideation— Two myths that they believe and that can lead to isolation and further shame as they seek to battle through this struggle with their loved one. And that turns our conversation now, Josh, to four questions that you've mentioned that would actually be really helpful for those to have. And we have to be really careful in the way that we actually talk about this. Because as you shared before, we want to be careful that just because we're giving folks four questions to ask of someone in the midst of a suicidal episode or someone who's come forward to you about uh, any kind of suicidal ideation, we're not trying to create a level of competent people who are able to handle the crisis that this uh, involves by themselves. Like That would only go against our myths. And so we're actually trying to create a a preparedness, I guess you could say, for the moment that a loved one does come to you with these things. There's so much shock that can come with that, that it's actually helpful to have these in your arsenal of questions just to kind of navigate through and ask so that you can actually assess where they are as you seek to love them in the midst of what can be such a hard thing to deal with. What are those four questions? I've heard them before. I've been trained in mental health first aid as well. But yeah. I'd, I'd love for you to share them from your experience as well.
1: Yeah. And there are various versions of this. So when I taught on this subject for our young pros, there was an acronym from USC where there were seven questions. But the, the four are easier to remember. They tend to hit at everything that you need to get to. I do have one hesitation and that is I don't want people to think that they are now healthcare professionals. (laughs) you know what I mean? Like you have to memorize these for, if your intuition is telling you that this is a serious thing, then you need to get help. Right. Again, call the suicide prevention hotline, call someone here at the church counseling center, nine one one, use the resources that you have available to you to help you. Mm. So uh, this is not a, certified suicide prevention training program is what i'm saying and i don't want people yeah. to walk away and go well i've i've done the squire's training on suicide prevention no but these four questions if you can remember them are incredibly helpful and those questions deal with plan means history and intent
0: plan means history and intent
1: plan means history and intent, history and intent. so mm-hmm. let's walk through all four of them mm-hmm. plan do you have a plan to harm yourself. Hmm. Sometimes people will think about, man, it would be nice not to be here. In fact, I was on a counseling call this morning Hmm. with an individual who said, I just don't know if I can do this anymore. Hmm. And so I paused them right there and said, will you please clarify this? And they said, just life, life seems so difficult all the time. Mm. And so I followed that up. Do you have a plan to hurt yourself? No. No, I would would never hurt myself. I would never leave my loved ones in that particular situation. Mm -hmm. I'm just exhausted and don't know how I'm going to continue to do this. Okay, got it. Please keep going. Mm. Right? But it's just the ability right there. You hear that sort of statement, and it can be a simple statement of, tired, exhaustion, pain, whatever it is. We see this in Scripture. You know, your mom always tells you, never say never. Mm -hmm. And yet God doesn't seem to say that to his uh, petitioner in the Psalms. There are a number of Psalms in which their petitions are never. Psalm 56 has this, where they never get what is coming to them. Mm -hmm. So the idea here, or Habakkuk does the same thing in his very first complaint to the Lord in Habakkuk 1. Justice never goes forth. And actually, there's a particular Hebrew participle. It's no and then the participle for eternal, ever. Mm. Right? Mm. I mean, he is super forceful here. Yeah. Justice never goes forth. Yeah. So at times, people can say things like, I don't know that I can go on. I don't know that I can keep doing this. And it's just a verbalization
0: mm. of
1: how bleak and desperate the world seems without an actual, I'm thinking about harming mm. myself. Yes. Okay? So that's why our first question is, do you plan to harm yourself?
0: Yeah, and that's actually a really good point to interject and say. You said that the the scriptures give us the language of saying, this is just an articulation that life is so incredibly difficult. Right. You know, sometimes I think that there's... A- a supposition that goes into our, our thinking of, like, life can't be this bad. Right. It can't really be that bad for this person. And if it is this bad, and this person is saying that it is, they must really have this intent. Yeah. And so I, I think that's something that maybe causes us to rethink how we even consider just, again, the difficulty of life in, in light of this particular issue.
1: Yeah. So let me tell you, anecdotally, I don't know what the stats are, but anecdotally— I would say that when I ask this question, which is why it's always first, do you plan on harming yourself or do you sure. plan on, on killing yourself, which is a more direct but difficult question to ask. Because sometimes harm can go to like cutting or something like that. Sure. Uh, but if you get a sense of suicide, do you plan on killing yourself? I would say 90% of the time mm-hmm. the answer is no. Mm. But people are so afraid of pushing in on this particular topic they almost want to duck and cover.
0: <laughs> it's kind of like the grenade of help. Yes. <laughs> I going to throw a grenade of help. I want to throw you a lifeline. but right. yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> it's, it's the the turtle methodology for helping. You know, just pull yeah. into your shell, yeah. and then let's just pretend like you didn't say that yeah. and move on to something else. Yeah. And mm-hmm. instead, to be able to, just like I was saying with that person that I counseled this morning, just pause and say, okay, I heard you say this. I just need to check in. Are you planning... On harming yourself, right? No. Mm. Great. That's what I need to know.
0: Yeah. All right. So next question.
1: So plan. Do you plan to harm yourself? Means. Do you have the means to actually accomplish this? So you could ask the question, do you plan to harm yourself? And the answer can come back very tentative. Hmm. They're not real sure if they're planning on it. They're so overwhelmed with the negative Mm-hmm. Of where they are in their certain situation, they mm. feel uncomfortable giving you the response "I won't" mm-hmm. or "I'm not," and mm. so it's like, ah, I don't know. Like I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't think so. But this is hard, and I don't know how I'm going to keep going. And right,
0: yeah, that's actually really helpful because it, I mean, most people think that if someone you ask this question, "Do you have a plan?" Yeah, and then the answer is, "I'm not sure." Yeah. The perception is almost, if I ask this question, they're always going to say yes.
1: Right. But
0: if it's not, (laughs) this is actually the the red flag that you're beginning to look for Right. is is the idea of. And and we have to be careful of saying red flags and and any sort of like clinical framework behind this. But just this is the conversational piece of saying, well, they weren't able to give me a straight answer. So
1: it's time to move to step two at that point. Right. So,
0: then the means.
1: Yeah, yeah. So do you have a plan and if the answer is no, I don't I don't plan on hurting myself. Mm. Okay. But if the answer is tentative or yeah, I, I mean I'm I'm thinking that I might, right? Do you have a means, right? Sometimes people don't have a means and they're thinking, "Oh, I'll just come up with some plan or I'll do something." That that doesn't absolve you of the need to get help but it does tell you that you're working in less dire circumstances sure so maybe now what i have is time to call the counseling center and make an appointment an emergency appointment can you please get in and see someone tomorrow or the next day mm. Versus, if you're a loved one. yeah if you're a loved one and my person i'm asking do you plan i don't know do you have a means well, I haven't really thought too much about it. I guess you know someone's got a gun somewhere that I could get my hands on, sure. or mm-hmm. right, so, whatever. Right. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Then you know, okay, you haven't thought too much about this. You're not, uh, oh, you're not so far down that road that it's like I got to call nine one one. You're far enough down the road that okay, now I need to enlist help. Yeah. But it's not necessarily like emergency call nine one one right now. Sure. I would say contract them with them that they won't harm themselves over the next 48 to 72 hours. Yeah. Get on the phone with a counseling center, mm-hmm. get an appointment for them immediately, or get them to a doctor or something like that that can mm-hmm. do checkup with them as well. But you're not 911.
0: And when you say contract, you mean get a verbal commitment from them. Yes. This is not something you plan on executing yes. before we can get you some help.
1: That's right. That's, That's right. helpful. Okay. So, plan means means history. History. Hmm. Have you ever tried to take your own life before? Yeah. Not have you ever contemplated taking your own life before. Most people have contemplated that even in fleeting thoughts Hmm. during their adolescence. The very Hmm. rare person who has never had the thought about suicide.
0: Yeah. Or even just... The circumstances of life and its suffering, we go back to that again. Yes. Of it can be so severe in a moment that every person can struggle with that thought.
1: Yeah. I just want i just want to go to glory, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I want the pain to end. So not have you thought about it before, but do you have a history of actually attempting suicide? Sure. If the answer to this is yes, and this is more a cut or dried sort of thing, right? The other mm-hmm. ones are more reflective, make you pause. Mm-hmm. This one is, is more yes or no. Mm-hmm okay and if you get a yes that automatically intensifies mm-hmm. your reaction even if the first two are a little fuzzy if you've been treated for suicide before suicidal ideation before now i know like i need to i need to find out who's treated you what's happened before get those people on the horn or just call mm-hmm. 911 and get them to be involved
0: and when you say treatment this is another really good clarification to bring of this is they've actually been and in, not institutionalized it's probably not the right way of saying it but they have been in an inpatient section of That's a right. hospital right. where they were there was a crisis they were called right or the the authorities or the hospital was called and they were transported there
1: right or they had to be put under the direct care of a psychiatrist or something like sure. that if you know it could be that someone has a psychiatrist on call that they mm-hmm. were being treated for anxiety depression and suicidal Ideation came on board, and so rather than going to a hospital, they could just immediately call that psychiatrist. Mm-hmm. But it's some sort of formal treatment sure. for suicidal ideation, and it could be a therapist. It could be mm-hmm. you know you've gone to counseling for a period of time about this particular issue. Sure, but if the answer is yes, I have a history of suicidal ideation. Mm-hmm. Then that lets you know you're in a you're in more serious waters. Mm. And again, you're not if you're listening to this. If you're listening to this and you're a trained mental health care professional, you know all of this, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. If you're not a trained healthcare professional, this may be the first time you're hearing some of this. And if you're not a trained healthcare professional, you need to have you know the ejection handle needs to be a quick pull for you. Mm. And so if someone says yes, it needs to be I'm with you until we can get professional help. Absolutely. Right, and then whatever that professional help is, we're going to get, the, get it on board and help it. Mm. Right. Cool. And then the last question is intent, mm. right? Do you intend on killing yourself? So they mm. might have a plan. They might have access to the plan or to the means that they would execute that plan with. They might have a history. They've done it before. But if you ask the question, do you intend to kill yourself? And the answer is no. That mm. just brings the whole thing back down again.
0: Yeah, so it's almost as if you were saying, like, that if the first three are yes, yep, and then uh, the, almost like Spinal Tap, that goes up to eleven. It's, 11. it's yeah. got one extra. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the fourth, if it's a no, I do not have the intent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It absolves it down to a lower level. Well,
1: yes, I mean, it, not not completely. It is it is the most determinative of the four questions. Right. So it doesn't negate yeses to the other three. But if you say, do you intend to harm yourself? And they say no. Mm -hmm. and, and, And just think about this. If you ask someone, you know, they say, I don't think I can do this anymore. And you said, do you plan, do you have a plan for hurting yourself? And the answer is like, yeah, I've thought about it. And this is what I would do. And this is how I would do it. Okay, do you have access to those means? Yes, I do. Have you ever been treated for this before? Yes, I have. Do you intend to do that to yourself? No. Mm. okay, now I've got a little bit more room. Hmm. Okay, because the other three were yes, I still want to contract from you verbally yeah. that we're not going to move towards a yes to that last question. Yeah. And we're going to get help. Hmm. If that's with a therapist, if that's with a psychiatrist, whoever, doctor, whatever that is, but we're going to come up with a plan to get the helpful professionals around you that can give you the help that you need. Mm. So it's really those four questions are the four questions that it's just like if you're again, if you're a healthcare professional, you're gonna have to know those questions yeah. at two in the morning. If Absolutely. someone if someone woke me up at two AM and said, you know, plan, history means intent. Like it's just Yeah. It's just there. Right? Absolutely. If you're not, I'm not telling you have to memorize these. Yeah. Right? Because again, you don't wanna make yourself to be a professional when you're not, but this helps guide your intuition. Absolutely about how quickly and how forcefully you need to respond in that particular moment.
0: Yeah. But for the majority of us, this might be the first time that we're hearing some of this. Yep. And so that brings up, I think, what can be our final question for today. You know, Josh, as, as you even navigate through just the hypothetical nature of those four questions, Yeah, someone says all four, and then yes, they intend. Like, obviously, you want to get this verbal commitment. You don't want to leave their side. You want to call 911 yeah. in that moment. Yeah. But that can be that can seem terrifying, especially yeah. in the context of what we're thinking about. This is a loved one and I care about this person. I'm having this conversation with them because I don't want them mm-hmm. to pursue this outcome. Mm-hmm. You know, Josh, what comfort is there in the gospel, in providence for caretakers of loved ones who are struggling with suicidal ideation in that
1: situation? God uses imperfect people mm. to bring about his perfect plan. Amen. Right. And so You are an imperfect person Mm. trying to help this other imperfect person to navigate life in a fallen and painful world. Mm. And sometimes the fallenness means you forget to say something Mm. or you say something and wish you had some language back that you could reframe it somehow. Mm. And sometimes it means they're experiencing the fall in such a way that they can't hear you as well as you would like them Mm. to hear it. And you are terrified and you need to know that God loves you more than anything you could ever think, hope, or imagine.
0: Mm.
1: That he will use your loving care of this person to bring about his perfect plan. But his plan of perfection isn't free of pain. Mm. And so sometimes the plan that you and I have in our mind that would be perfect is not the perfect providence of God. Mm-hmm. And you have to trust him, no matter what. Mm. So you want to be one who labors alongside, who cares about, who tries to contract with and all of that with the comfort that you're not in this alone, Mm. that you have the Holy Spirit that is helping you. He is your comfort and your guide. Mm. He will help to bring Scripture to mind as you need it. And there's almost this sort of of out-of-body experience, as anyone who's ever walked with someone in a crisis will tell you, Mm. as you're both trying to listen and respond and you're praying like crazy at the exact same time. Mm. It's it's this weird experience where you can be like in the midst of throwing yourself on the cross while at the same time uttering your hope Mm. to them or listening and taking stuff in. Mm. And that's where you want to be. Not only because you want to lift them up before Mm. the throne of grace, but because you yourself want to be comforted by the same comfort with which you plan to comfort them. Mm. And the more that that comfort is genuine as it flows out of your own heart to them, the more comfort that they'll be comforted with. So Mm. your comfort in all of this is in a loving God who will redeem all things towards the ends to which he plans. And you can trust him.
0: Mm. It's almost like you're articulating the hope of Psalm 23. Yeah. That the Lord is our shepherd. Right. And though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we can fear no evil. That's right. His rod and his staff are with us. Yeah. And they comfort us. That's
1: right. And you're also, you're free to be teary and mm. scared mm. and hurt with them. Mm-hmm. And to say, I don't know that I have all the right answers, but I know I trust the Lord, mm. right? And I don't know how we navigate out of this, but I know because mm. it's promised in Scripture that God is working together all things for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Mm. And this pain will not be forever, mm. and you are not alone.
0: Mm.
1: Right? Ah,
0: that's a wonderful, wonderful word, brother. Yeah. And I think that's a good point for us to pause Uh, until our next episode.
1: Until our next episode. Well, thank you to the listeners for continuing to uh, walk with us on a very difficult topic. Thank Mm. you, Josh, for being here again today and having great questions. We hope that this has been beneficial to Mm -hmm. those who are listening, if you or someone you know. Feel like they could benefit from this, please feel free to pass it on. And if you or someone you know are struggling with this particular issue and you need someone to talk to, we're here, right? You can reach out to me, Jay Squires at First or Josh Adair at Jay Adair at First hmm.
0: Well, we hope to see you guys again next time or at least speak to you. <laughs> <laughs> speak to you next time. Yeah, have a good one.